T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. A little delayed pop on that can right there. It was a good one. It was a good one. I have returned. I am back after a week hiatus. I had 12 I'll be straight. Back. Last time I returned, you did the same thing. I'll be back. <laughs> I, uh, I had 12 consecutive days off. That's so wild. I've never had that here. I've never... Um, no, it's, no, no, no. You have, it's your beer. You can, you no, can you have drink, more. You drink faster. No, have your own beer. It's okay. okay. All right. It's okay. You poured more for yourself because you're very excited about this beer. I can. Well, I've had this beer a thousand times. I know you have, but okay. it's also one of your faves. It, I do like it. Um, Twelve straight days off is mind blowing. Yeah. I've, I've always tried to save some PTO days for around Christmas time and try to combine it with holidays so that I can get an extended week. Mm-hmm. Right, like and I think the longest I've ever gotten is eight days, but it was combined with Christmas days. So it was like, oh, like you've got. The 25th off and the first off, and you put some days in between both of those, and there you go. You get eight days. And this time, I just had a ton of days left to use because, well, COVID and what the hell was I going to use days off for? So I I still have a day to use, but I had nine or ten days left with three weeks left in the year, and I was like, well, here we go. Got to use them. So I put them in with my boss, and uh, well, he was able to get me all the days, yeah. thanks to you in some in some part. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, because you, you filled in for me and produced a couple of times. But, dude, I did almost nothing. It was glorious. I just woke up every morning and was like, what the hell do you want to do? And I went, that's exactly what you can do. Yeah, whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And I would sit on the couch and I'd play some games and I'd watch some YouTube and I'd watch some TV and I'd go for a run. And I saw my girlfriend a couple times and it was just fantastic. Uh, I haven't had time like that off in four, four and a half years. So Wait. I quit my job. And then I got two weeks off straight. That yes. was like a, that was like a month straight. Yes, off. that although, was nice. Although you traveled in it, which is a little bit different right. than like being at home and just staycationing. I always love a good staycation. Like once a year, having a good staycation is great. I am uh, not built for staycation. No, you are not. Nope. You are uh, on the go kind of yep, guy. I like doing things. I'm a big homebody, so I uh, I am built for staycations. Although you know, I like to kind of mix it up and do some stuff. You know, it wasn't much to do this time, so I just kind of laid around a lot, which was fine. Uh, and I drank a lot of good beer. So I've got a lot of weekend beer to catch you up on. <laughs> um, Excellent. Uh, if you saw my Instagram picture from two weeks ago, I bought, I went to Market of Choice 
and I just couldn't stop buying beers. I went to go get like three or four. It's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. I went to Market of Choice and was like, okay, it's the start of my staycation. It's the weekend. Let me get a couple of beers. You know, I've got a six pack at home still. And I went there and I was like, ooh, that looks good. Ooh, that looks good. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. I was going around their little section, which was like IPAs, Pilsners, Stouts, and then, you know, uh, interesting styles. And I just kept picking new beer, new beer, new beer, new beer, new beer. And uh, I wound up with like eight or nine. Nice. <laughs> and it lasted me a couple of days. And uh, then I went back and I got a couple of six packs, which, so I mean, I'll tell you all about that in a second, but we'll get the... Uh, the, the stuff we got to get out of the way here first. You can find us most places you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, 1080TheFan.com, Omni Stitcher. Uh, wherever you find us, subscribe to us, rate or review us, and uh, leave us or download the episodes because all that stuff helps. You can find us on social media all over the place. Now, uh, we are on Instagram.com slash beers on us still. That is kind of our home base. And then we have made a Twitter account, which is uh, at beers on us pod. We have a Facebook account, facebook.com slash beers on us. And uh, you can kind of follow us wherever you choose to Facebook. If you've missed it, it's all on the page. Uh, we have every single day for the last 11 days done a little five, 10 minute video, uh, with a lot of technical difficulties in the <laughs> beginning. And, uh, we have had one of the 12 days of IPAs beers from the stone brewing box. And it has been a really cool 11 day experience. We're not going to spend too much time talking about it on the podcast. If you want to go watch those videos, they're on our Facebook page, uh, beers on us. And we just went through every single one. We've got one left, which we'll be drinking today as mm -hmm. the beer of the week. And, um, I've liked all of them, but one. Yeah. And you've liked all of them, but two. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That sounds about right. So it's been a really, I didn't know what to expect because we, I haven't had stone in years, I went to Stone Brewing uh, in San Diego. They're like outdoor garden thing years ago. It's an amazing place to have hey, a beer. Yeah, that's cool. I want to go there. It's really cool. Um, but that was the last time I had a Stone beer. So having these in the box, I had no idea what to expect. The first beer, neither of us liked very much. And it was like, <laughs> oh boy, what did we get ourselves into? And then we've been pretty wild since. So uh, go watch those videos and uh, you can go ahead and comment on them or I don't know. Just watch them. Just watch them. Yeah. Say holla. Consume. Consume Prilosec. <laughs> it's totally a random internet joke that no one's going to get but me. Just you, buddy. Um, <laughs> all right. Weekend beer. Yes. I'll pull up the picture. Also, today's episode is our year in review episode. Yes. We have our personal awards and our podcast review and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of reacting to the overall year that was 2020, which was hell for most breweries and most people. One star review. Sounds like a bunch of dudes don't know anything talking about it at a bar. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So the beers that I purchased and uh, had over the course of my staycation include Little Beast Brewing Maker Series Salted Honey Pie. Yeah, that's just a you thing. It is a me thing. EGA from Grains of Wrath. Holla. Uh, Little Beast Brewing, uh, I think it's called Deer Giant Double IPA. I got the Doppelbach from Wayfinder. I got the Shape Creation IPA from Foreland. I got the Dystopia from Grains of Wrath. I had the Life Just Sweet uh, from Woodland Empire Brewing. Idaho. Boise, uh, which was a, a stout. And then I had the Naughty from Mason Aleworks, which I believe is in California. So most of these beers were quite good. 
Um, the ones that I kind of struggled with, I didn't love the salted honey pie from Little Beast. I picked it up because it looked interesting. Um, they were they were doing a series where they were kind of combining with restaurants who had unique recipes that they were known for and trying to make beers based off those recipes. So this was uh, Loretta Jean's salted honey pie is, is a, a pie that this place made and they tried to make a beer that was an, an ode to it. Uh, it was interesting. It did taste kind of like a salted honey pie, but it was a little sweet, like too sweet because of that. Um, so, you know, it was fine, but I just didn't love it. I also uh, didn't love the Life is Just Sweet from Woodland Empire. It was, considering it had like molasses and vanilla and like all these really sweet flavors in it, it wasn't mm -hmm. overly sweet. It just didn't like hit for me as much as I wanted it to. Okay. The rest of the beers, I quite <clears> enjoyed. <throat> uh, obviously, we know how we feel about Grands of Wrath. The EGA yep. and the Dystopia were great. Uh, the double IPA from Little Beast. I've been really liking Little Beast beers for the most part. I've noticed part. that. You keep going back to them. Um, was really good. Doppelbach from Wayfinder in a can was great. It's world class. Um, the Naughty by Mason Aleworks was a hot chocolate style stout. I was very nervous about it because okay. it was a brewery I hadn't heard of before. And when I go to breweries I haven't heard of before and I get their sweet desserty stouts, they tend to be sugar bombs. Mm. And I tend to just be like, <laughs> is too much. Um, this was not. This was incredibly balanced. It did taste a little bit like hot chocolate, but it had a bitterness to it. It was a really, really good holiday beer. I really enjoyed it. Like, I went into it expecting, well, this is going to be too sweet. And I really, really liked it. So that Ooh. one was really good. Oh, what have I not mentioned? Oh, Forelands IPA. Shape Creation IPA was interesting. It was an interesting experience because the first half of it I really enjoyed. And then the second half of it, I didn't enjoy it quite as much. Interesting. I don't know why. The very first sip, I was like, wow, this is a great IPA. And I was enjoying it, enjoying it. And then I got to about halfway through. And then I kind of was like, all right, maybe not great. Maybe good. Like it kind of, it, it maybe, maybe it's just because it got a little warmer. It fell flat a little bit for me, but there was something in the back end of the beer, the second half of it that didn't hit as well as the first half. But the first couple of sips were good. So maybe it was just a personal thing. Maybe Timing was, or something. Yeah. Who knows? But that was a, that was that session. And then I also went and I bought uh follow la 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 from double mountain. I got pallet Jack and hand truck and I've been drinking obviously all the stone beers. And I also got a shiner beer. Uh, so I like Shiner Bach. Uh, it's a good kind of classic. You can find it most places. Are they craft still? I believe so. I think so. they're craft. Uh, it's a good beer. It's one of my one of my good friends from where I grew up. It was his favorite beer. I think so. those were the guys that ended up buying Bridgeport in the last like few years of Bridgeport being open. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Um, so I tried it. It's a holiday beer. It was made with pecans and peaches. And I looked at that and I was like, Hard bass. Those two <laughs> things don't go together. Uh, I tried it. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to finish the six pack. It's interesting. You bought a six pack of that? Well, it was only in the little box. Oh. It was. It's little uh, short cans. Oh, I was uh, going to say, that's a bold move. It was a bold move. Uh, it was the one where I went to get one six pack for myself and bought four <laughs> because they had pallet jack and they had hand truck and they had follow la la la. And I was like, well, yes, <laughs> I'm going to buy all of these. And uh, I, I still have a couple in the fridge. It's an interesting beer. I wouldn't recommend buying it unless you want a, an interesting, very festive tasting beer. Um, if that's up your alley, then give it a try. But to me, the pecans and peaches are more counteracting each other than working together. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I taste the sweetness of a peach. And oh, well, now I taste the pecan and I'm, my mouth is confused. So um, otherwise, Help. otherwise, uh, it, it's been fine. But uh, mostly enjoyed the beer for my two weeks in beer. So uh, there you go. There's my catch up for you. 
well, let's see here. My week in beer. <clears throat> My week in beer. I had a six-pack of Pilot Jack. Tasting very good. Tasting very good. You know what's tasting better? Mm. Hand truck. Oh, yeah, I did not get me some hand truck. Hand truck's being a little better than Pallet That's Jack my right favorite now. Barley Brown beer is yeah. hand truck. Um, you mentioned Foreland. I had their Vienna Lager, which I ended up posting on the Instagram page. Uh, yes, 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 a thousand times yes. That beer was absolutely fantastic. Well, they responded to us from when we had them their beer for their be- for the beer. The Pilsner, movie. yeah. And they were like, no, it was our first batch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh, <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> yeah, kudos kudos to those guys down there. Uh, I loved, loved, loved that Vienna Lager. I recently had an East Gleason Mosaic IPA from Montevilla, which I hadn't had for a while. More bitter than I remember, but it, it kind of tickled the, the taste buds as, as you know, I, I tend to like things a little more bitter. We... We both went through a little mini, like, two-week phase mm-hmm. where we got all the Montevilla beers, mm-hmm. but you're right. I liked most of them. There was one I didn't love, but I don't remember them that well. So I should, every, if I see one again, I'll, I'll grab it. Yeah, yeah. Um, got a fresh batch of that, and I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I had a couple sticky hands this week. It's which, been a while since I've had a yeah, sticky Yeah, which hand. is a little outside of my, my normalcy. I feel like that's one of those beers that I've just put on the back burner, and you're like, ah, yeah, that beer's great, whatever. But you don't remember the last time you actually had one? Uh, tasting fabulous. Mm. Tasting really good right now. Uh, and I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Uh, I recently had a six-pack of Freem IPA. Heavy on the IPAs. Uh, and I'm still with on that Breakside kick. Of I'm course. still drinking a lot of that. I think As we're will. drinking Sunset Pilsner right now. I think you will forever be on the Breakside kick. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Someone asked me, they were like, is it different now? Like, do you, do you find yourself seeing beer now differently that you're not at Breakside? And I was like... No, I drink a lot of Breakside beer. <laughs> I'm just so used to it, and the palate knows what it's knows what it wants. Let us know what your week in beer was and what you've enjoyed. Instagram.com slash beers on us, or any of the other pages we mentioned earlier. Uh, Twitter at beers on us pod, Facebook.com slash beers on us. Oh, I forgot. The you- best beer I had all week is a Breakside beer. It is Strata, Strata, Strata. Mm-hmm. It is their pale ale right now. They're doing three different versions of it with Strata hops from three different hop farms. Um, that beer is a wow. Well, Strata has always been a wow. That beer is a so. super wow. Mm. Very interesting. Very, very delightful. All right. Your interview time? Sure, why not? You want to dive right in? Let's do it, baby. We've been going for 14 minutes. Do you want to take a break and do it? Or just want to go Let's full, go. like, 35-minute segment? Let's, Let's just go. go. All right. We're going. We're going. I'm opening my notes on my iPhone. Okay. As Sexy Rex used to say, F it, I'm going deep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to try to follow as much as we did last year. I had to look back at my notes from last Mm -hmm. year to remember this. A few amendments just due to the fact that we can't go anywhere. Right. So uh, best decor and ambiance at a brewery, that's not going to be part of our year in review this year. I don't know, man. That one brewery's tarp outside looks a lot better (laughs) than the other ones. Uh, We're also not going to do best new brewery because, well... Um, breweries closed this year. Yeah, yeah. And there was wasn't just, really a year for opening breweries. Yeah, and I know that there is some stuff like Hammer and Stitch opened, you know, Foreland opened. There is some stuff that opened, but I don't think we were able to really kind of see what they were about because no. we couldn't go anywhere and I haven't seen any package from Hammer and Stitch. Now, we said also last year, we said new to us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just give an honorable mention to Montevilla because new to us, I had never had a Montevilla sure. beer, but they'd been there for a while. I was blown away those two weeks when I had almost all those beers. I was like, yeah. wow, this place is really good. So I'll give them an honorable mention for best new brewery, but we're not going to do that as an award this sure. year. I like that. Uh, so 
Trends in craft beer this year and what we see moving forward. That was first on the list. Well, trends in craft beer this year was, dear God, survive. Yeah. Just survive. Yeah, cans, cans, cans. Cans, cans, cans. And let me tell you, that is the best trend that we've had. I love seeing all of these breweries canning their beers. I love seeing all of the small batch beers in cans because it means that we can try your brewery wherever we are Mm -hmm. way more easily. Yeah. Way more consistently. I think this is going to be something that stays too. I hope so. Um, you know, people like people. Bottle like, shops are very happy about that. Yeah, people like craft canning or you know whatever they're called now. Um, you know, they are just absolutely book solid. So they're building more machines. They're taking more clients, and I do expect the the, the volume to decrease a little bit uh, once once we kind of get out of this stuff. But the concept, you know, the, the, there's no way Boneyard can just pull their six packs at this point. There's no way they can. Or Barley Browns, for that matter. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like you get that kind of stuff. You know, Breakside now has cans of, of small batch stuff. And like I said, you got Boneyard six-packs out there and, like, hand truck. Like, get out of town. This is so awesome. I don't see how that changes. Maybe some of the small breweries don't can as frequently. I'm sure there's a cost uh risk issue or something that, that these small breweries would look at and be like, well, it's going to cost us X amount of money to can this and we can't really afford that right now. Right. But they'll can something else. Right. Yeah. So, I think I think generally, though, for the medium to large size breweries, if they don't keep canning like they have been, I think it's a big mistake. It's a market that you're missing out on yeah. that you've now learned is probably huge for you. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you could get passed by. And if there's anything we know in this industry is that you have to continuously evolve. Mm hmm. Any other kind of trends? Well, Strata Hops. Strata Hops, you know, I mean, I think I called Strata my 2019 Hop of the Year. Yep. And that has really blossomed into something really fun this year. People are starting to get a little more grasp on how to use them, what they play well with. Uh, And I have been over the moon excited about that. I think Hops have... I think this year for Hops, I know... uh, Due to the fires, fresh hop season was a little funky. But this year, I think hops were expressed very, very well. It was also an interesting year of fresh hop beers where the actual like overly dankness that had been fresh hop beers kind of faded a little bit mm-hmm. as breweries experimented with using them in different ways or in different styles. Yep. I know we talked about that last year a little bit because of um, some of the beers that we had had, but... This year, it was all over the place. Fresh hop beers were in every single different kind of style, and it was kind of cool to to try them all. Yeah, I think, uh, but believe it or not, I know I can be a little a, a little critical on our industry as you know as jeal as as jealous as spoiled as we are to be here in 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 the Pacific Northwest and have the best beer in America. I can be a little critical. I think we got better this year. I think bre- I think beer in Oregon as a whole, styles across the board, got better. And that might be a positive from a crazy thing like a pandemic. Is people kind of, well, everybody had to scramble to figure out what the hell to do with all their beer. But then there was less of a rush. And you kind of started, were able to craft and tinker some things a little bit before you really had to just, you know, sell the farm to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. I think we got better this year. And that's... That's a testament to all the breweries out there, the bottle shops, the pubs, you drinkers, that we are constantly demanding more. I agree. I think we did get better this year. I think we had. I think you talked about this more 
last year that we were kind of getting this weird lull even in IPAs mm-hmm. where we were kind of like losing the West Coast IPA style. And I do think we saw that come back pretty well this year. There were a lot of really solid West Coast IPAs yeah. that were released this year. Yeah, I think I think West Coast IPAs were were through the roof this year. I think there was a lot of great stuff. Um, I mean, even going back to the well, as, as I mentioned earlier, like those Boneyard RPM six packs, I've had one. That's a good beer. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really good beer. And the fact that our run of the mill, quote unquote, oh my God, really RPM? How many times have you had that beer? I've had that beer a lot, and it tastes really good right now. And that's that's a big testament. There's also other little things, you know. I think Hazy's took a little bit of a step back, but they're still here. I think people now kind of know their clientele with Hazy's and what they want to make those as, which I'm glad to. So it's a little less all over the place. Yeah. Um, and we, as Hazy haters or dislikers generally uh we know what breweries do hazies the way that we don't like and we know mm-hmm. what breweries that do hazies the way that we do like or mm-hmm. at least that we can handle uh because yeah you're right they've everyone's kind of figured out their lane with that yep so. the logger game got stronger this year for sure but i mean we kind of saw that that was going to be a slow build and i think it i don't even think it's hit its peak yet so that's really exciting and we saw some stuff come from out of state, you know, some Cal- California really made a big, big impact on the scene this year. I think they sent a lot of beer up here and, you know, through Robbie at day one and some other people that snagged some California beer uh, breweries. Uh, I think California played well here, whether it it's did. Alvarado Street, Cellar Maker, you know, I love Beachwood. Me too. Um, you know, I think I think the California influx did well. I mean, we saw we saw Russian River bottles, you know, I mean. People want in, and hopefully to get in, they've got to send send the goods. Yep. And I'm not going to acknowledge that uh, smoothie sours are a trend for the positive. Well, it's not a positive. Yeah. It is a trend, though. It is a trend that I hope goes goes long, long bye-bye. They're disgusting. Um, <laughs> what do we see moving forward? I think you've already said this, that you think next year is going to be West Coast IPA's big return, right? You think it's going to become like a... a not like, like like the bitter wars before, but you think that there's going to be bitter IPAs coming back onto the market next year? I, I do. I do. I think we're going to be looking at dry, light-bodied, but still full-bodied IPAs. I've talked about this with the California IPAs, how they just seem a little thin to me. Um, I think with the pandemic and everyone really having to focus in on what <clears throat> on their bread and butter... You know, take a Freem IPA, for example, or a, you know, Wanderlust from Breakside. Those recipes, you spend a lot of time dialing those in. And I think I think people have learned a lot <clears throat> through this pandemic on how to fine-tune their beers that I think we will get back to some really fun, new West Coast IPAs. I mean, there's no lie that Talus HBC 692 was a huge popular hit this year. As, as far as a new trendy hop going, and people are going to keep playing with that. Galaxy's not going anywhere. Strata's not going anywhere. And then you still have your your old standbys. So I, I feel like the West Coast IPA game was really starting to tick this year. Um, you know, spoiler alert, my I, my beer of the year is an IPA. Um, and I, I expect that trend to continue. I also expect I also expect the trend of loggers. You know, I want to see. I want to see more than that. It's no longer just you know the wayfinders and the occidentals and the Zeugel houses of the world. You know, it's it's now it's the Von Eberts of the world, and you know by extension the Forelands of the year and and Breakside throwing loggers and cans, and that I expect to continue to grow as well. I think it's just just upward trajectory. I think one thing. Let's not reinvent the wheel. Right. 
I think one thing that I hope is going to happen, I don't really have my ear to the streets of crap beer as much as you do in terms of predicting trends moving forward. But what I hope is going to happen is that a lot of these small to medium breweries that have survived COVID are going to get a big boom when we're able to go out again because they can't. Mm-hmm. And now people know about them more mm-hmm. than they would have because I'll use Montevilla as a great example, right? Great example. I live nowhere near Montevilla <clears throat> as a neighborhood. Near. Me neither. I would never go out there by myself to go go find beer. There's many places closer to me. I'm going to go to Montevilla now. It's, it's it's very, very high on my list. Because I know about their beer and I know they make good beer. I think a lot of people are going to have experiences or have had experiences similar to that where they tried a beer from a local brewery they hadn't heard of but is you know small to medium sized. Mm-hmm. They liked it. They tried another beer. They liked it. Now they're like, wow, when I can go there again, I'm going to go there. So I, I hope that next year by spring when hopefully we can start doing things again that those breweries are going to have a massive boom from like May through September. I always go to my same like three spots when I'm in Bend. Mm-hmm. When I'm in Bend, I, I I always hit the Sun River. I always hit Good Life. I just like Good Life space a lot. You know, those are the two spots I always hit. And next time I go to Bend, first place on my list, I'm going to Bend Brewing. You know, yep. for that exact same reason. Yep. That it's like okay, thank you for exposing me to what you do. You now have a you you have now made a future sale. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's my hope for next year. Okay, before we get to our actual beer awards, let's do a little quick podcast loving. Okay. A little self-love here, important. Cool. Uh, favorite episode of the year? I think that's a pretty easy one. My, but, yes, uh, yes. Favorite episode by far is 10 a.m. on the back patio uh, at our good friends at Berlick Brewing as the second anniversary beer that they so kindly made for us came off the line and we drank that fresh with those guys and talked to them and officially announced the beer and released it yep yeah that that was mine too sitting out there having it fresh the excitement of like oh my god they made this beer for us mm-hmm. and it was a really really cool moment it was something i didn't even imagine when we started this podcast of like something that could happen. So much love to, to you, Barrelick guys out there. Drink. We've already said you a couple of times. Um, that was easily our favorite episode. Mm-hmm. A good runner up for me. I loved the Hawthorne hop house challenge. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was really interesting to try to guess what they were and seeing how you knew the beers better supposedly. Yeah. And I didn't. And we both got like one or two right. Yeah, we both out of the twelve. Tony, and I just bashed one of my favorite breweries in town. Yep, you were like, "This beer is terrible. <laughs> this beer is trash." And it's like one of your favorites. <laughs> um, so another was- another great episode for me that I really loved. Um, I loved the progression of the box. Yes, um, the the both boxes, the original box and the Much hype thanks box. Thanks to you, the messenger. Um, I thought that was really fun, Absolutely. and I liked the discovery of interactive tasting rooms. I think I think our our listeners, I think you guys out there. Enjoy that. And I think it's just more fun than us just doing one and talking about beers that we like. I right. think it's more fun for you to do that alongside us. And we heard that some of you guys would go buy the beers anyway and mm-hmm. drink them yourselves. But to do it in a way where it's like, hey, do this with us. Yeah. Here's a heads up. You got time. You got time to pick this. We go to so Market of Choice. Or wherever it is that we do it. And go grab these beers if you can find them and drink them along with us and uh, have the experience. Yeah, that's true. Um, favorite guest on the podcast? I, I'm biased on this just because we were talking about one of my favorite styles. Um, I really loved talking with Kevin Davey from Wayfinder. Um, just kind of the history and the origin of, 
you know, Meritson's Fest beers and Oktoberfest and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's a giant in this industry and, you know, makes some of the best lagers on the West Coast, maybe, maybe you know, in the United States of America. And I just, that that was like a nerdy experiment, experience for me to just kind of listen to him talk about all the things he's learned. I think for me it's a tie. Uh, Robbie Rota was a great guest. Robbie's just a great dude. He's a really cool dude. I had no idea what to expect going into that interview because it's about distribution and that's mm -hmm. really nowhere near where my brain works mm -hmm. on this um but i am fascinated by his business model of getting out-of-state breweries into oregon yeah and i thought it was really interesting to learn about his process and the way he does it so i thought that was really interesting also tony Ro roberts early in the year we did we were um What's the name of the pop-up We're at Function. We were at Function on 23rd, and uh, it was for Oregon Brewers Month. Yep. And uh, he sat down with us for a good long time, and that was a great interview as well. So those are my two favorite guests. I mean, good call on both of those. Tony is an awesome human being as well. Um, I think, you know, that's just, you know, added to the laundry list of why I love this industry and this town so much. In this state, is just full of awesome, awesome people. Uh, favorite experience on the podcast is going to be making a beer with Barrelick. Yeah, making a beer with Barrelick. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Um, and, you know, as far as experience, because, you know, you can't spell experiment without some of experience. <laughs> Our new I less just, experiment I series? I can't believe I just made that up. No, no, no. <laughs> it was just the, the progression of that beer, oh. of Beer of the Week. Oh, that's true, you yeah. You know, we've never done anything like that. I don't know if we'll ever be able to do something like that again. And it did change every week. It, and it did change. And, you know, and talking with Ben and Rick, you know, as they're making this beer, you know, as we, you know, came from its infancy stage to having it later on, that's something that, that's something that's in the books. That That's one of those things. You know, I've been in beer for a long time now, and that's, that's near the top for me. All right. Now into the actual beer personal beer awards du, 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 du. okay we will start with favorite specialty beer from the year well i think we we have we have a little extra insight on this because we had the box we did have the box we had the box and there was some really really cool stuff in that my choice is from the box my choice is also i think from your the box. choice is from the box as well mine is the side project is the dark farmhouse beer that we had mm -hmm. um i think i even said it on there i think this is one of the best beers i've ever had um that the the, the dre fontaine we had as well i thought was absolutely incredible uh and i i mean i i know where you're going with yours and you know how i felt about that one too you, you said it was the best of that style you'd ever had yeah uh, to me it was the westbrook mexican cake uh, imperial stout that we had that it was made with habaneros first of all uh and you can taste the habaneros but it doesn't it's not like a gimmick it's right. part of the flavor i was blown away by that beer that was a 2019 i believe that we had uh the messenger actually gave me a 2018 one as well that i had uh i told you about it on the facebook video a couple days ago it was a little bit sweeter than the 2019. Okay. I don't know if the age had anything to do with it or just a slight change in the recipe. I liked the 19 better than the 18 just because the 19 to me was way more of a balance between the spiciness of the habanero and the sweetness of the Mexican cake flavors. Cool. Whereas the 18 still had the habanero at the end. It was just a little bit sweeter. But that beer blew me away this year. Absolutely. Yeah, that was really fun. And and that's why I want to put those those episodes kind of high on my list of, of great things we did in 2020. Absolutely. <clears throat> Okay, uh, most surprising beer. Most surprising beer? That you had. Cold Smoke, baby. 
without a doubt. <laughs> that it's, is very true. It's that's cold a, smoke. That's um, a great. That's a great pick. You said that, and I was, you know, I was looking over at the COVID wall, and <clears throat> it's tough for me to remember things that I had throughout the year that aren't on the wall. I know. <clears throat> so the wall I kind of use as some inspiration. I saw that cold smoke, and I was like, "It's cold smoke." That is, <laughs> that is the most the most random beer I could have ever expected in my entire life to have actually enjoyed. It was a Scotch ale from Montana. <laughs> It's Montana's favorite beer, and you looked at it and went, okay, cold <laughs> smoke. A scotch ale? What a bunch of losers. <laughs> and then we drank it, and we were like, this, oh, is, this is really good. Really good. <laughs> uh, my most surprising beer were the two treehouse beers. Uh, um, Hazy's, right? Sure. Infamous Hazy's, but Hazy's nonetheless. This was a little bit earlier in the year before, where I'd only really had one or two Hazy's I'd actually ever liked, and... I was worried because they were infamous hazies that they were going to be the chalky, juicy juice bombs, mm-hmm. and they weren't. And they were really good. They had they had a good balance of flavor. They you were can not. S- you can see why that style took off, right? Because it was still an IPA, but it was just softer, and it still had good hop flavor. And I actually think I liked the robot one better than the green one. I forget the name. Juice of it. machine. Juice machine. I liked that one better than green, um, but they were both really good compared to what my expectations were. So that would be. My most surprising beer. Okay. Couple left. Most improved brewery. Well, I mean, you and I have been honking people all year long. You know, honk, I, honk. I think, you know, I know where you're going to go. So, and I beep, think beep. You, you know where I'm going to go. So I want to throw some love out to some other places. Uh, we can't forget. We have, we have very much enjoyed ferment. Yes. We have very much enjoyed a lot of their stuff. They're, um, <clears throat> they're, what was it? High and low series. Is that uh, what it was called? Yeah. What, uh, Upper top lower. ferment, top ferment, ferment, bottom ferment. Yeah, yeah. that series is, has been really good. There was some good stuff that came from that. Um, Chicha. I mean, not improved, but that is an not another honorable mention to us for like the yeah. new brewery, quote unquote. Yeah, for like things that really kind of caught our eyes. Yeah, we did enjoy the Chicha throughout the year. Yep. Uh, but for me, my my answer is Bend Brewing. Um, I wish. I imagine they do. Having been someone that's never been there, even though that that thing's been around longer than I actually ever realized. Uh, I mean, really in cans, I'm only getting hoppy stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not, you know, when we get to my best brewery of 2020, it it is definitely more eclectic of an approach. Um, But everything that I got, especially once the pandemic hit, every can of beer I got from Ben Brewing and some stuff that I had on draft, they were all different. They were all unique and they were all fantastic. And as someone that was clinging desperately for modern, updated West Coast IPAs to Ben Brewing, you you get that from me. Uh, for me, it's Cold Fire. Yep. Um, it's a brewery. I've talked about this a couple of times. It's a brewery that a couple of years ago I wrote off as, eh, I'm not going to like them that much. And I had their Italian-style Pilsner, which is in our second row over there, um, just on a whim, saw it there on the list and was like, or on the, on the shelf, I'll, I'll try it, and it blew me away. And then I went again, and they had like four unique small batch beers on the shelf, and I picked them all. I liked almost all of them. There was a couple that, you know, didn't hit for me, which you said was a good thing because I wasn't mm-hmm. just fanboying them. Yep. For a brewery that I had written off, bravo on coming back full force in a tough year in COVID and canning your small batch stuff and having it all be really, really, really good. So that's my most improved brewery. Yeah. Uh I can't wait to see what it is in 2021 mm-hmm. because I think it, it, it could be it could be anywhere. Absolutely, the door is wide open for people to really make a jump on this scene. 
if if what my prediction is is true and people go out in droves and it's time to start buying beer again and go into breweries then yeah there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of those breweries to really step up their game and, and improve quote unquote all right last two favorite beer of the year my favorite beer of the year and this is kind of a no-brainer to me again as as i'm talking about this this yearn this desire for updated great west coast ipas you know, I drink more lagers in 2020 than I have in my entire life, and I'm very, very happy about that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon excited about the fact that my palate is definitely growing and definitely expanding, and I'm not just drinking lagers because I need to. I'm drinking them because I want to, and more so. I mean, I would in the past, but more so than ever, that's where I am. However, my beer of the year is a West Coast IPA. It's Breakside collab with Barley Brown, the Wander Jack 2020. That beer, talk about your strata hops. To me, it was 7%. It hit all the right buttons. The body was phenomenal. The finish was excellent. So good, they made it twice. Um, that beer for me, I dream of that beer and will continue to dream about that beer for the rest of my life. It sounds like a honk. I know it does, but but that's it for me. I mean, if it's your favorite beer, it's your favorite that, beer. That was the beer for me. Now, I, I wonder if you can guess what my favorite beer was because I talked about it for like a month straight. I brought it in on the podcast. I wonder if you can remember what it is. Can I cheat and look at the wall? You can cheat and look at the wall if cheat you want. Look, oh, oh, the export stout from Wander. Yep. Yeah, baby. It's the Wander Correspondence Export Stout. Yeah, man. That beer, I mean, that was like a January, February beer for me mm-hmm. this year. And I had it every week for like five or six weeks until it wasn't on the shelf anymore. Mm. As long as it was on the shelf at New Seasons, which is where I originally found it, I would get it every single week. Talk about a smooth drinking, balanced, just delightful stout. Um, And you liked it too because I brought it on the podcast Mm -hmm. and you thought it was good. I was nervous because I had been loving on it so much and I know you don't like stouts as much as I do. Uh, That beer was just top of the line greatness for me this year. Yeah, shout out to some other stuff. I drank a lot of You and Me from Bear Lake this year, which is their Vienna <clears throat> Lager. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, a lot of Angostini Pills and just the Lager series in general from Von Ebert. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything out. Drink a lot of Freem Pilsner this year. Well, also, you know, favorite beer would be Beer of the Week. And 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 beer of the week. I mean, no <laughs> it joke. Was, it was a really good. Beer. No joke. That beer was awesome. And again, different, like unique, its own thing. It used hops that we're familiar with, like very familiar with, but we got characteristics out of it that we don't normally get, which is everything we want. I can't. As much as I loved Wander Jack Twenty Twenty, I don't want to. I, I don't want to drink that constantly. Right. Uh, you know, I I would be fine. If that's the last beer I drink, but I want to drink other things. And so those are my shout outs. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed. I drank more migration this year than I ever thought I would. Yeah, me too. Um, God, and I feel just because COVID was shut down, I wasn't able to go all the places I like to go. Like I didn't drink as much culmination as I like to drink. I didn't drink as much upright as I like to drink. Um, so those are, I guess that's kind of where I am. Okay. Shout out to beer mongers. Spent more time at Beer Mongers this year than I normally do. Sure. You know, I've still got my places. I'm a North Portland kid. Well, Beer Mongers is close to here. But Beer Mongers is close to here. And yeah. I found myself just being like, oh, I'll just go to Mongers. And every once in a while, if I'm driving around running errands, I was like, oh, I'll stop at Beer Mongers. Yeah. So shout out to them for a new getting me out of my bubble. Good location. Good. Uh, <clears throat> lots and lots of beer there that sometimes you don't see at some of the other bottle mm-hmm. shops as well. And market of choice. Yes. Thank you for tuning me into that. Yes. Of that, course. that is a very solid place to buy beer. Okay. Da 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 da. 
favorite brewery or best brewery of the year? I'll start. This is easy for me. I think this was your last year's best brewery. It's Bear Lake for me this year. Um, some of it is because of the work we did with them and me learning just how great all the guys who work there are. Um, I love you all. You were all so kind to us, which was great. Amazing but people over there. In, in all honesty, I didn't drink a lot of Bear Lake last year outside of what you brought into the podcast. And when we decided to work with them, I made a commitment to try more of their beer mm-hmm. and, and kind of go out of my comfort zone of like, I had had their stouts before. Uh, they have, I think they're export stouts on the wall, actually. It's, we, that was actually the, the beer of the week when we did the canning run of beer of the week. Yeah, the Noble Stout. Yep. yep. Um, and I've had that before. I, I drank so much Barrelic beer this year, and it was all fantastic. Mm-hmm. There was not one beer that I had from them that I didn't like. And that's the one thing that... <clears throat> That blew me away is I, when we went to go talk about making beer of the week, I had a couple of special beers from them that I hadn't seen. And it was, they were just all good. They all just hit exactly the mark they were trying to hit. So bravo to you guys. To me, you are the the brewery of the year and your outdoor space was cool. I, I didn't get a chance to go to your new giant indoor space, but Patrick it's says awesome. that's amazing. So cool. Um, and Plus pizza. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a Portland pizza hater. Uh, no. I'm just mm. a pizza elitist. I have found pizza I like here. I'm just an elitist. All right. I'll be an elitist everywhere. All right. Even at home, I'm an elitist. Um, and uh, yeah, so for me, that's the that's the brewery of the year for me is Berlick. I love you guys. Uh, the beer is great. And I hope this year, despite COVID, with all of the canning you could do and all of the reach you had and the home deliveries, which you were one of the first to do. Yep. Um, Pioneers of that. Shout out to Nick and, and Belcher and all those guys that did all that work over there. Um you guys were one of the first like two breweries to really start doing home delivery. Mm -hmm. And I hope that helped grow your brand enough so that when everything's open, people come flooding to your locations to come get your beer. I think it's the safe thing to say that, 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 that Berlick is on the map. Yep. Like they are now, you can now talk about them as you talk about, you know, the, the, the the heavy hitters in town. I I put them in a heavy hitter in the town. My brewery of the year Is a heavy hitter, although if you look at their technical age, they're not that old. Uh, I tip my nod to Von Ebert this year. That is my 2020 brewery of the year. I think the... I think the, that was mine last year. <laughs> the in, the influx of canning and the six, seven different loggers that they were making, whether it was Pierre Lachat, Bohemian Pilsner... Um, Agostini, like all that kind of stuff. They really, you know, and <clears throat> this is the tip of the cap to Foreland and Sean and all the work he did there before he left. You know, and Sam and Eric and Maddie and the crew over there now, <clears throat> their logger game really came to the forefront this year. And I thought last year we were like, yeah, volatile substance. That beer's great. You know, Von Ebert makes IPAs. And, well, they got Sean, but he's out at Glendevere, and I don't get the chance to drink his beers all the time. I drank their beers a lot this year. And I think across the board... That for me was some some of the better stuff that I had, and you started getting more one off stuff. Ewok Dreams was really great. Um, uh, the Nest of Bees is a new one that that's out that I really enjoyed. Volatile obviously checked all the boxes. Um, so to Sam and the team over there, uh, your future's still bright. You still got it. And uh, with without sounding like a homer and picking somebody else, uh, I choose Von Ebert. Uh, interestingly enough, <clears throat> I didn't have as much Von Ebert this year as I did last year. Don't know why. Just yeah, how, how it kind of panned out. Uh, let us know what your awards are based on our awards. So you can let us know on any of our social medias and let us know what you liked. One I want to mention that we didn't mention, I just saw it on the wall, uh, Thunder Island. 
Oh yeah, Hollow. That, that's yep. a, another improved quote unquote brewery. Very much so. Uh, the the remember the Forest IPA, which is up there, was really really good, and I had a couple others from them that were just phenomenal. Uh, their Mexican style lager was really good as well. So the really really good shout out to Thunder Island, and I'd love to get out there once COVID is over and see your new place in Cascade Locks for sure. There you go. There's hey. our year in year in review. What's the worst beer you had on that COVID wall? Oh, I know what the worst beer yeah, had me on too. the COVID wall was. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. It's right at the yeah, top. Right at the top. Kind of recent. Yeah. All right. Let us know what your your awards are. Instagram.com slash beers on us. Twitter, Facebook. Hit us up. Let us know. Okay. Beer of the week is next. We're not going to be doing a video for it. We're going to make you listen to this podcast to hear our final review of the final beer of the 12 days of IPAs. That is next. Beers on us. Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the week time. Ooh, not even a good sound. Not even a good one. Uh, here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. <laughs> womp, womp. Womp, womp. Womp. I think it might be the opener. Also could just be because we brought it with us and carried it and yeah. who knows. If you do it with if you do the lighter trick, the lighter trick always gets the good pop. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, lighter because you you got a fulcrum it and yeah. Bop. Yeah. You go pop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our beer of the week. Is the final beer from the 12 Days of IPA box. We intentionally saved this for last. It is the the OG beer from Stone Brewing. It is simply called Stone IPA. The iconic West Coast style IPA. Absolutely. Ipa, ipa, ipa. Um, right. Once again, if you haven't been watching the videos, the most <laughs> annoying part about it is that for whatever reason, on their bottle, Stone doesn't tell you nearly anything about the beer. They just tell you a story. Um Okay, you can be creative, but at least just tell us what the beer is. A couple of them did have information on there yes. amidst the story. Yes. This one does not. This one doesn't say anything. So, Fortunately, their website is actually really great. So what you're saying is it was a good a good way to get people to go to their website and get clicks. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what's in this beer based on the bottle. I guess I'll go to Stone's website. Magnum, Chinook, Centennial, Azaka, Calypso, Motuika, Ella, and Vic's Secret. They really do use a lot of hops in their beers. Yeah, citrusy, tropical, piney, palate, medium body with no perceivable sweetness and a clean, lingering bitterness. Intense lemon rind, fruity cereal, and piney hop flavors in the aroma. Our best-selling beer and one of the all-time favorites for Team Stone. I'm going to be very curious to see how this holds up compared to all the other beers that we had. So, for... For those who haven't watched all the videos yet, we did kind of discover at the end that we think Stone has its own kind of flavor mm -hmm. to most of their IPAs. A couple of them didn't really hit the same flavor profile, but um, almost all of them had a similar kind of malt build or sweetness to it. That was a good backbone. Tend to, to find them. Tend to find a lot of them more tropical citrusy than real like dankness. Yep, yep for sure. There was a a clear difference between these beers and Northwest IPAs. I'd say. Yes. A very big difference. Very big difference. Um, you know, we've talked about like Double Mountain has their specific mm -hmm. flavor. And, you know, we talked about other breweries that have that as well. But this was one that we discovered did have it. So I'll be curious to see if their OG one is like that or if that's more of like a new, hey, we're going to make sure. beers more like this. And this is still our, our classic recipe that we haven't changed. 
Uh, and, I, and by the way, another hop that we didn't mention in the last segment, but you mentioned it again, Azaka. I've liked a lot of the Azaka mm-hmm. beers I've had this year. Yeah, it's not used that much, but I liked it. Azaka, and I want, and I even want to throw El Dorado in there. I think had good years. You know, I mean, hey, we know what we're doing when it comes to hops. <laughs> we're just two guys at a bar <laughs> that don't know anything about beer. Talking about craft beer. Yeah, uh, I am going to drink this out of the bottle. Oh, okay. Because I feel like it. Go for it. Yeah. We'll have a different experience. Then. Yeah, I just mine I, won't open up quite as much. It, it's it's a or it's a it's a long neck bottle and. You like yourself some long necks, huh? I like myself some long necks. You love from giraffes. Time time. I do. Well, I will say this right off the bat: this does not give me the stone flavor that I've been getting in all the other beers. It's giving me a lot more of an old school IPA recipe yep. than what we've been seeing a lot of in this box, but even here in Portland, generally, it, it's pretty rich. It is rich. What's interesting with the amount of hops that's in it, it's not. It's not very like fruit forward. It's kind of like a simple, bitter front, bitter middle, bitter end West Coast IPA. I'm not getting a ton of fruity tropical character. I get it in the nose for sure. I do smell it. Oh, he's pouring it. <laughs> that lasted so. You know what was I doing? Two seconds. So much for loving giraffes. Over those here. damn Stay West bottles, man. I just <laughs> swig those Stay West bottles down in high life bottles. I get it on the nose, but. I don't get a lot of fruit flavor in the sip. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm getting a little tropicalness. I mean, I would definitely say... This is one of the most bitter we've had from it's, them. It's, I think it is the most bitter. It's got the most pine, like evergreen kind of character to it. True. I do get that quite a bit. I get a touch tropical, but definitely, yeah, more... I think you put... I think you nailed the... head. The, I think you set... Rewind? I think you nailed it on the head that this is the most bitter, the most... Um, but also the most kind of old school, modern West Coast IPA. Yeah. Because I don't think, you know, this isn't this isn't Bridgeport IPA. Let's be real here. But no. this is like this is like a classic. If somebody said, what does an IPA taste like in the 2010s? You could go, yes, right here. Exactly. It's very bitter. Um, you're right. Pine is a great, great descriptor for it. Yeah, very piney. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of a simple... But rich, bitter IPA. No bells and whistles. Sense. No bells and whistles at all. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I think this beer is great. It's and solid. Uh, I'm not going to say it's spectacular. I think some of the beers we had in the box have been really good. Mm-hmm. I've liked a lot of them. Uh, this one's not spectacular to me, but uh, this is certainly hitting the spot right now. Yeah, I highly recommend if you're out, out in a boot, uh, if you can find a fresh six-pack of Stone IPA, take a shot at it. Take a shot at it. I think, you know, we were talking, you were like, oh, I actually haven't drank that much Von Ebert beer this year. Again, when beer, when brews get to a size, a certain size, or you have enough of them, you start to kind of forget why they are who they are. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like when you have a mirror pond. Like every once in a while I have a mirror pond, I'm like, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty damn good beer. Right. And you, you just kind of forget. You know, I went on this big wanderlust kick, and then I had a Breakside Pilsner, and I was like, this beer is phenomenal. You're like, well, yeah, yeah. It's one of their main beers. Yeah, that's what you do. Yeah. So don't be afraid to, you know, to go back and and check on some of the heavy hitters. All right. So after we've had all twelve, which was your favorite from the box? You know, I liked the black IPA really well. I liked that beer a lot. Really? Yeah. That one spoke to you, huh? Yep. Um, either the go to or the del- uh, the. Uh, what is it delicious? 
Yeah. Even though it was gluten reduced, I just like that beer. I like the flavor in that. It was a lot. unfiltered too, right? Yeah. Mine was the uh, the Scorpion one. I forget the actual the name. The Scorpion Bowl. Scorpion Bowl. That one was a really interesting IPA to me. It had a really good sweetness backbone, but boy, the hops really shone, shined through in that beer Is for that me. Is that the White Tea one? No, 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 no. Although I did like the White Tea one. That was the Shanghai one, uh, the Dragon one, right? Yeah. Um, that one was really interesting too, by the way. But no, it was the Scorpion Scorpion whatever. It was, it was one of the early ones we had. You said you thought that might have been only in another country as well, yeah. but... Um, I enjoyed that one a lot, so that was my favorite. I think, yeah, I think my choice is the go-to. It's a session IPA, but had good body and good hop character, and mm-hmm. that's all I asked for. Yep, and we only didn't like one of them. Well, you didn't love uh, yesterday's, the uh, no, the exotic destinations. the exotic destinations. Now, what am I think? I, I just didn't like the first one, the F and B, which was the gluten reduced session IPA. Um, the doubles were a little tough on me. Were they? I'm just not a big double drinker. Like, I want to taste them, and they like, weren't very alcoholic tasting no 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 and i like i want to taste them and like think about them and chat about them but it's hard for me to drink a full 12 ounce 16 ounce of it right all right well there's our beer of the week uh there's our year interview episode have a very very merry christmas if you guys are celebrating that and just have a good holiday slash new year we'll do an episode next week of course but um we might be releasing a little bit early in the week and uh we will uh, hopefully have a good holiday. Keep safe. Be smart. Please. Enjoy the presents. Enjoy some good beer. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Catorces. has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.